Here we go, part two. What you need to know about fear. What you need to fear about fear and not fear about fear and what to do about fear if it is overwhelming. Again, as we said in the first part, there are some good parts about fear. You don't want to try to eliminate fear, particularly unnatural from unnaturally from your life. I fear nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> so you could tie this giant boulder around your body and jump into the pool. No fear? Well, I don't know. That's a little different. Oh, so fear actually serves you to some degree. But a lot of times, for the most part, fear is debilitating. A fear of life, a fear of taking chances, a fear of failure, a fear of success. So what do you do to actually address fear when it becomes an unhealthy part of your life? Well, one of the things that you can do And again, as I said, I'm a marriage and family therapist with a deep love for scripture. So I like to weave the faith and psychology to address these subjects I love talking about. And I hope you find them helpful. But I would say begin by promoting some kind of positivity in your life. You know, learn how to increase positive emotions if you are afraid You're always constantly stressed out. And again, you might not say, yeah, I'm really afraid. You're probably more likely to say, yeah, I'm really anxious or I'm really worried. But as kids, right, if you're a little kid and there's a lightning storm, thunderstorm outside, you go running into your mother's bed and it's like, oh, mom, I can't sleep. There's thunder and lightning. I'm really anxious. Now, it doesn't work like that. You go, I'm afraid. (laughs) And that makes a lot of sense. But as an adult, we don't like to admit that. But if you can at least admit it to yourself and say, yeah, I'm afraid. Okay, what do you do about it? Well, there's a good and bad part of this. Fear actually causes you to notice and remember negative events. So if in your life, let's just say you're married and the marriage isn't going too well, and you're reflecting on the marriage, it's like, yeah, I remember when we got married, what a crappy wedding. And you're judging it all negatively. It's like, yeah, I had a, a tear in my hose. I never wore hose to my wedding, but I don't know if my wife did either. But anyway, I'm, I just couldn't think of anything faster. But if you said, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. I remember Uncle Bill, he got uh, drunk and he fell into the wedding cake. That was awful. Now, maybe that was an awful event. But guess what? Your fear that you're feeling in your life will actually shape that memory. If you're actually feeling really happy and pleasant and experiencing all sorts of pleasurable emotions and you're with your spouse and you're happily married, you're going to say, oh my gosh, honey, do you remember back when we got married, our wedding day, and Uncle Bill got drunk and fell into the cake? Oh my gosh, that was hysterical. And then you start sharing a laugh. Oh, jeez. (laughs) it didn't look too good, but it worked out fine. See, your fear is going to shape your memories. It'll reinforce your sense of the world. And if you're constantly afraid or anxious, as you might say, you're going to see the world as a scary place. So how do you change that? Well, you begin by changing that by deliberately noticing what is positive. Now, again, It's called the negativity bias, you could say, right? You you notice things that might cause you harm. You you see somebody walking at you and you go, ooh, that does not look good. I don't like this. I'm all alone. It's dark. I'm in an alley. 
There's nobody I can call for help. The brain locks in. And you have that fear response, fight or flight response, and that's good. But if you're constantly afraid, let's say you're bickering with your spouse and things aren't going too well, or you've got a boss that always seems to be riding you and you're afraid that you're going to lose your job. Now, again, there might be the positive aspect where it's like, oh, yeah, the boss is constantly riding me. I know what I'll do. I'll work harder. <laughs> I'll do what he actually says. That's the positive aspect of fear. But if you just seem like everything is bad in the world, it's like, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I never understood that expression. It's going to hell in a handbasket. All right, whatever. What do you do about that? Well, you have to deliberately choose to see what is good, what is funny. Now, again, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, I quote this all the time, particularly with my clients who are Christian. They say, well, what do you mean, Joe, about focus? We came in here to talk about our problems. (laughs) Uh, That's all we want to do is talk about our problems. Okay, but I'm here to tell you as the therapist that you might have to shift your focus. Rather than focusing exclusively on what is wrong in your life, focus on what is good. And this is a godly principle. Paul speaks about it in Philippians chapter 4. He said, I tell you, you do best by filling your minds and meditating or focusing on, you could say, on things that are true and noble and reputable and authentic and compelling and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. So this is a beautiful, not only Christian principle, it's also a healthy psychological principle. If you find yourself wallowing fear, whether it's a fear of poverty or a fear of your relationship or a fear of the world coming to the end, I'd say, well, what are you focusing on? If you turn on the news, what do you see? They will never run a story. Another wonderful event here in Los Angeles. People came together in song, (laughs) reaching out, supporting each other. That won't make the news. That might actually be happening. But chances are, you're not going to see that on the 11 p.m. news. What you're going to hear is like another calamity here in Los Angeles or Mayville or wherever you live. So sometimes you have to say, okay, I'm too afraid. I'm too anxious. I'm too stressed out. Well, what are you doing? How much news are you watching? What are you focusing on? See, positivity or the good things or the blessings, as Scripture says, it broadens your perspective. It actually widens your view of life. It opens your life up to the possibilities and options. It creates resilience. And it allows you to actually function even during difficult times. Because if you are in a difficult time right now and you say, okay, this is really bad, what I would ask you is like, well, when you were in bad positions before, when life was really difficult, did you make it through it? Well, yeah, I guess I did. I made it through it. I'm still alive. I'm here. Well, good. How did you make it through before? Well, I I just persevered. Okay, persevere right now. Now, another thing that I would say consider doing if you're afraid, whether it's PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress, something actually awful happened to you, or all those little traumas built up in your life to make you feel afraid or anxious. Look for the meaning. 
because fear shatters that sense of the world as you know it. And again, those who have experienced trauma, real loss, if that's you, you may be questioning the meaning of your life. Victor Frankl did in Man's Search for Meaning. What did he talk about? The most horrendous of conditions, concentration camps, friends and families being slaughtered, the innocent. But what did he do? He found meaning. And what he discovered is those who find meaning in their life, even during the trials, were far more likely to survive. So if you feel yourself paralyzed by fear, ask yourself, what does this mean? Now, your first response might be, I don't know what it means. Or it means I should feel really bad about my life because I survived and they didn't. I would challenge that notion because that might be a natural response. You survived, they didn't. And now you're saying, all I can feel is guilt. Well, it's not all you can feel. How do you change that feeling? You look for the meaning. I am here for a reason. There is a purpose. And scripture says it is in God that you find your true meaning and your purpose. And I'll talk about that more in just a second. But meaning creates a more authentic life. Whatever that meaning is, it doesn't mean that you have to write that great next bestseller or poetry that everybody reads or the, whatever it is. Meaning is oftentimes found in the simple things, the small acts of kindness. If you can recognize that you're part of a greater body and you can say, you know what, I can actually make a difference. I don't know about the world, but I can make a difference in this person's life right now. I can help that old woman who's struggling to put her groceries into her car. I can help my neighbor. I can help my child, my spouse. I can be there. I can be authentically there for them. And and again, if you want real meaning in your life, you've got to search for the authentic. You know, you've got to discover that sense of purpose. There was a, a famous study done. An 80-year study. So they did not take their time. I should say they took their time with this study. Can you imagine trying to get research money for that? We'd like to do a study. Okay, tell me about it. Well, it'll take 80 years. Anyway, luckily they persevered. They thought there would be great meaning in doing the study. And what they looked at was longevity for individuals who had experienced trauma. And when people return to healthy behaviors, giving, loving, finding meaning in their lives, they were actually able to reestablish a sense of security about the world. So meaning leads to a sense of peace. So it actually, there's a kind of therapy called logotherapy, and it literally means healing through meaning. And it's been shown to be successful working with vets with post-traumatic stress and a whole host of other maladies. And, and part of the efficacy, why it actually works, is just letting people tell their story and feel understood. So sometimes you go to a friend. You don't have to necessarily go to a therapist. You just go to a friend and say, hey, I just feel terrible. This awful thing happened. 
and you share your story, if you find yourself really struggling and stuck with the anxiety, with the fear, with the stress, consider addressing what's really going on in your life and talking about it. Find somebody that you can trust, that you feel is safe. You know, find meaning. You went through something difficult and horrible. If you're asking yourself, I don't know how to find meaning in this. What I would suggest is, why don't you begin by sharing your experience, what you learned from that, with somebody else who is also going through something similar. Remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. He said, you know, in this way, we're like various parts of a human body. You are part of the body of Christ. And each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. You find your meaning and function as a part of this body. Separated, chopped off, you wouldn't amount to much, Paul says. But you have been formed and fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body. What do you do with that? You be who you were meant to be. The hand can't say to the foot, I'm more important because I grab things and you just help me walk. <laughs> I just, that wasn't actually scripture. I just kind of like pulled that out. Yeah, Joe, we recognize that. You didn't put a lot of thought into that. But you might be thinking, oh, I, I'm an eye, but what I really want to be is a great head of hair. I know it sounds silly, but the point is, is you are part of a body. You find your function, your purpose. You find meaning as a part of that body. Share your story. Make yourself available for others to share your story. One of the big factors that we look at in the world of psychology are those who experience trauma or setbacks do they have somewhere to go? Do they have a place to share their story? Because fear can cause you to feel disconnected from other people. Nobody knows. Nobody understands me. You know, even if something terrible and unusual, and it might seem rare, let's say you experience a suicide in your family, get into a group with other people of those who have survived other family members who have been left behind because just sharing your story is going to give you a sense of connection. Also, friends and family, sometimes we just need to check. You need people in life to say, hey, is this realistic? Do you think this could really happen? What? Well, I don't know. I'm just really afraid that Martians might come in from outer space and zap me. Uh, no, probably not, Joe. That won't happen. Oh, okay. So I shouldn't be afraid of that. Now, again, I'm kidding, but sometimes you've got to talk about your experience of life and say, I don't know. I'm really afraid I could lose my job. Well, what's the evidence of that? Well, my boss was in a really bad mood and he yelled. Okay, how long have you been working there? 15 years. Has your boss ever yelled before? Yeah, like every day. But I'm thinking every, any day now it could come down and this could all come to an end. You know, if you look at the evidence of your life, if you share that, you might have to hear from that other person. It's like, yeah, I'm just not seeing that as being realistic. There's a lot that scripture says about support. Wives understand your husbands. 
Husbands, try to support your wives. Because in doing this and living a life where you share your story, when you live in support of other people, you're actually showing your support for Christ. You're sharing your faith when you step into people's struggle, when you walk with them in their fear. John says, when you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they're strangers, you make the faith visible. If you're feeling afraid, you're anxious, get outside of your head. And I want to say, get outside of your home. There's been a lot of research that shows how being in nature reduces fear and anxiety and increases pleasant feelings. Just looking at scenes of nature, whether it's on a TV show or a picture, actually calms you. It actually helps to create those positive emotions like happiness and hope and aliveness. It actually reduces blood pressure, heart rate, muscle tension, and the production of stress hormones. So if you're afraid, get outside your head Get out into nature and look around. Paul says, and I think about this all the time, and he's talking about the evidence of God, but he's also talking about getting out into nature. He said the basic reality, and I'm going to paraphrase it. It's from Romans chapter 1. He said, but the basic reality of God is plain enough. He said, open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, Nature, the sun, the moon, the cosmos. You get out there, you look at the miracle of life, whether it's trees or animals or a flowing river. He said, when you do that, you are able to see eternal power, the mystery of divine being. When you become more aware of God, when you look at nature, when you focus on what is good and right rather than just what is wrong in the world or wrong with yourself, it changes. Be compassionate with yourself. Sometimes you have to say, you know, the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated yourself. Well, sometimes you've got to treat yourself as you want to treat other people. So if you want to be a good friend to somebody else, what would you do? Can you be a good friend to yourself. Fear. It's natural. There's a part of it. It'll keep you alive. But you've got to be realistic. You've got to put it in check if it's keeping you from living the life that God really wants you to live. What happens when you live God's way? He brings gifts into your life much the way fruit appears in an orchard and you can develop things like affection for others and exuberance about life and serenity you develop a willingness to stick with things to confront your fears a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people what are you afraid of use your faith and all that God provides to live a whole life. Welcome home, Columbia. Beautiful, beautiful. Without the fear, running it. I will meet you back on the road. And remember, 
Always Forward.